With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and happy NFL schedule day to everybody out there in the listening audience. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and with you for the next couple of hours as we talk the world of sports with you. Coming up on the program, David Kaplan is going to join us from Chicago. We taped Cappy, oh, about how long ago? Trent, an hour ago? Yeah, right in that range. Right in that range. So we'll get Cappy just before he went on the air at 9 o'clock. So we'll talk to Cappy, recap Quintana's outstanding performance last night. Baez with a home run. We'll move around with Cappy. The White Sox all of a sudden putting together a little winning streak, so they'll work their way into the conversation. David Kaplan brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa in about 20 minutes from right now. Ross Peterson from the Fanatics. He's got a fishing trip that I want to help him promote, so Petey's going to come on in here. I know you've been talking off air that you've got something up your sleeve for Petey. Anxious yes. to hear that. Uh, so So we'll talk to Ross Peterson. And then what are you doing as I make my way to the airport? I saw Mark Morehouse as part of the fray. Yes, Mark Morehouse is going to be by. Plenty to get into spring football-wise as the Hawkeyes putting a cap on their spring run through. And also going to talk some more NFL draft with our man, Manasarian. Nice. Manasarian, who we talked to last week from Sports Info Solutions. A lot of different angles. You know, we didn't really get into the local teams a whole lot. so. Get his thoughts on the Vikings, the Packers, Good idea. Chiefs and Bears, and kind of sit where he is as we get ready for next week's NFL Draft. Indeed, Trent. It's a wonderful time of year if you're an NFL fan. Uh, you, you, there's a whole bunch of checkpoints along the way as I look, how I look at the offseason. This, uh, this will be one checkpoint today. Next week is the unofficial, but official to me, halfway point of the offseason uh, in, in football. Uh, so we uh, look forward to that. The, the NFL schedule, i, I got to be... Um, I got to ask you about the the leaks that we're starting to see come out, and you at the end of the show yesterday were convinced we'd see some leaks, and I and I'm with you. So spending some time yesterday afternoon looking at searching around Twitter, and I found a a guy uh, at NFL Release, I believe is is his Twitter handle, and he went from zero followers to six thousand followers in about an hour and a half. Pretty good, really good. Um, and he's tweeting out all these leaks that. You know, he made it sound like, yeah, this is happening, folks, and and I'm legit. Major cities around the country are picking up on his stuff and crediting him during their sports update that this comes from NFL release on Twitter that the Cowboys will play, dot, 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 etc. And then he finally had to come out and say at some point in the whole roost that, uh, you know, I, I'm trolling you all. I th- This is not real. Uh <laughs> So he went and like instantly went from six thousand followers down to twenty two hundred in like five minutes. Well, 
bad information is going to kind of lead that direction. But I, I couldn't I couldn't get off his feed because I'm waiting for my Broncos. For I'm sure. waiting for the Vikings so I can text my son and you know um, give him a little inside information on his team and. Then all of a sudden to find out it wasn't real. But we do know some things about the schedule. We'll do we that do? in a couple of minutes. You know, I guess one of the bigger stories, and we should probably start here uh, with a um, a change in Iowa basketball pursuant to one of their assistant coaches, Andrew Francis, decided uh, that he's going to move on. Do you know what's behind it, Trent? I'm not I'm not alluding or insinuating one bit that he was pushed. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what's behind it? Do you know? Well, it's time to move on. It's interesting because reading the article from the Gazette, and that's where I saw it first. I I don't know who. I think Leistikow had it first. Leistikow had it first. I believe Chad Leistikow did, yes. So Mike Loss had an article, and in the article, this just, it struck me as a little bit odd. A UI official confirmed to the Gazette on Tuesday night, assistant coach Andrew Francis is leaving the Hawkeyes for another coaching position that has not yet been finalized. So he's leaving. So it sounds like he's got the is, the, is the job he's getting, is there somebody in place in that spot? Could be. It could be something, we're talking about universities, different universities. I see. Yep. State-run universities yep. have different. you got to go through the employment process. has to be. to post the job. Yep, has to be open for two weeks gotcha. or three, whatever it may be. So that could be. I like your theory. But there's also the sinister side, too. You read that and say. Yeah. Was he pushed away and, and they're saying this to save face? Because they know he will get a job mm-hmm. down the road, mm-hmm. maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe in a couple of months, but he, he'll end up somewhere with the coaching job. You can take that direction. I'll take it at face value at the beginning. Yep. That it's just that, that it is a hiring process that, process that he is going through. And I think this is a good thing. And this is a conversation we had a season ago, mm-hmm. not this past season, but, but you the wanted before. some change in the ranks of the assistants. You know, and a lot of people, and that's one of the first places that I went after you saw the. I mean, just complete revitalization of the defensive side Mm -hmm. of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And when they brought Yaklich in. Oh, I see where you're going. Luke Yaklich, a guy that was was known as. Does he have a clone? A defensive (laughs) guru. Not a cyclone, but you know what I mean. Yes. A defensive guru, a guy that's going to come in, and he's going to fix it. A John Beeline, late in his Uh career, a guy that has always been known as an offensive, Mm -hmm. just mastermind. And defense, yeah, we'll play a Mm 1-3-1, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out, but we'll outscore teams. Mm Mm-hmm. But he understood it's great when you have a couple of great players to do that. Yeah. And get to a national championship game but when you, you get to you've got to emphasize Trayberg. that end of the floor as well. But you have to right. play defense at right. this level. Look at the NCAA tournament this year. So is this where are yeah, you have a great point. I mean, look at the three teams that uh, of the final four, right? Yeah. Defensive juggernauts. Um no that's a great point. Texas that's, Tech, uh, Virginia and, and Michigan State, they're calling card defense. You have to play on that end of the floor and you have to play at a high level at that end of the floor. You can get to the round of thirty two as we saw with Iowa and we've seen during the nine years. Mm-hmm. You can be a team that pretty good. Well, they were much better. I mean, look at the bar was set as low yes. as you could possibly set it, right? But they were better this year. They were. So you're 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 crossing your fingers that whoever fills that role, that's his calling card. That's his specialty. He's a defensive coach first and foremost. I think that would make a whole lot of mm-hmm. sense. I think that's there's really two directions you can go. You either go that direction and find that defensive guru. Now, the caveat you have to put here is Fran McCaffrey has to hand off the reins. Much like John be willing Beeline did. To, yes. Be willing to. Mm-hmm. And that has not been exactly a strength. You know the best coach I ever saw do that? Thad Mata. Delegate, delegate, delegate. Sure. I mean, Trent, he would call a timeout at nut-cutting time in mm-hmm. games, and he wouldn't be running the huddle. Yeah. He'd be on the perimeter. You know, sometimes, and I got a I got a whole appreciation for for guys who are willing to do that. I like where you're going. I like where you're going. Uh, Tyler Cook, Jordan Mohannon could not 
say enough good things about uh, yeah. Andrew Francis and what he meant to them, not only as a player, and I appreciate this maybe more than the player side of it, but what he meant to them in their growth as human beings and men. If it isn't that direction, though, defensive guru, you're looking for a recruiter, right? Right. right. And, now, was that Francis' strength, would you say? You know, I, I don't know if Tyler Cook, if that was part of his. The thing with Iowa basketball that is different than some programs, and especially here when you look at Iowa State and what Hoiberg was, he was the CEO, mm-hmm. the mastermind. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't out there, for the most part, doing the dirty work. It, right. He wasn't. You didn't see him at every tournament, every weekend, grinding away like you see some coaches. Bray McCaffrey is very upfront. He is the lead recruiter for basically everybody. He takes a different way. It's not, this is my lead assistant. This is the recruiting guy. This is the guy that's going to go out there and do all the legwork with things. Brand is very involved with that. So that's another way. If they decide, let's go out and try to find that ace recruiter, a guy with ties to Chicago or Minneapolis or whatever it may be, we want to find that guy. You do that, again, you're handing off reins. Mm-hmm. The delegation, whatever this hire turns out to be, I think that's the bigger question. Not what they get, but is Fran willing to let that guy mm. go do that thing? I still have reservations about that. Well, we'll see, and uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. It'll be a talker in the next couple of weeks, giving mm. something to uh, keep talking uh, basketball in uh, in in the fine state that we reside in. Fine, uh, okay, twist my arm. Like no. I do with football, you yeah. Know, with you, right? You love college basketball. Uh-huh. Well, selfishly, I'm because I'm not trying to put any ideas in your head uh-huh. because you've got the ship. You're steering the next couple of days. Yes. I was kind of hoping that you're saving Rob Doster because I want to get Doster in here. <laughs> I wasn't giving you any ideas. Well, what are you doing, Trent? Thursday and Friday? Ah, uh, I see what you're doing because he just put out his top twenty-five and no Hawks, no clones. Yes. I mean, the, the Hawks were the one that was the surprise. Mm-hmm. I was. We don't know what they're going to be yet. No. The roster is still in a, a state of flux. So, anyways, um, no, use them. Of course, use them. If that's what you want to do on the program, um, what else? Where else did I want to go? I got to bring up this. And by the way, I'm so glad you're including and leading off the last two updates yesterday and today with the Moines Buccaneers hockey. That's mm-hmm. great. I'm so glad you're doing that. They deserve that. I'm a big fan of Nate Toyd. I've always liked Nate Toyd. Don't know him real well, but uh, you know, cross path many times, mm-hmm. and every time I speak with him, I'm, I'm impressed with him. I think he's a good guy, and they've got the right guy running the Des Moines Buccaneers. Uh, and they advanced to their next round of the playoffs. Of course, we had Joe O'Donnell in here yesterday, so hockey's been a bigger part of it. And we teach that that you know once we get through uh, we once we cut down the nets that you and I are going to talk puck we're going to talk NBA and we will continue to do so and when we can localize it like we can we're going to take advantage of doing that and we'll get some Buccaneers guys in here maybe Nate himself uh, early next week when I come back but I want to bring up the Tampa Bay Lightning just briefly Trent because this to me and I know you're not is willing to go to join me in my belief that because you, you, you've said this in the past, and look, we've seen the Los Angeles Kings come from an eight seed and hoist the Stanley Cup yeah. and knock off the Chicago Blackhawks when they were in their prime to get there. Um, but Tampa, Trent, was the, this, this is, this is what moves me to, to believe that, you know, you're on the right path here, Kenneth. Um, this is the most dominant team in the history of the regular season, the NHL, and they would play hockey for a long time. See, I didn't even realize that part. I knew Tampa was really good. I know their record was really good, but, that was the part that I didn't realize. I just, I looked at it as another President's Cup team that got beat in the first round. Because that always happens. It happens a ton. Always, yes. I mean, it's, a, it's seemingly a yearly you conversation. You don't want to win the President's no. Cup, and the President's Cup goes to the team with the most points in the regular season. I, I, and they had it clinched before Super Bowl Sunday. Like I told you yesterday, I mean, Washington Capitals, yeah. year after year after right. year. Nashville Predators last year. Yes. Washington seemingly every year. You're right. It just, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, as a a hockey layman, 
that doesn't understand the intricacies. There's the luck component, the hot goaltender that can, sure. can lead you. Yeah. And when you get into the playoffs, you're, you're not playing the Florida Panthers. No. You're, you're not playing <laughs> right. you know, the That's Buffalo That's Sabres. True. That's true, yeah. You're playing a good team, uh-huh. and a, a team, and the gap just doesn't seem as significant as it does in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, well, and like really the best those... team in the West, Trent, is the Calgary Flames mm-hmm. and the Colorado Avalanche, who was, was the eight seed to get in. Were they seven or eight? One of the last two seeds. But they've got, they've got the Flames on the ropes. And speaking of that, I was going to bring this up with Joe. We ran out of time yesterday. How about the kid? Just played in the Frozen Four. Yeah. Then he comes in and scores Kale a goal. Is that what his yeah. name is? Yeah. Unthinkable. No, unreal. I mean, Think about that. Guy won the plays- Hobie Baker on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, his team got beat in, in the championship game in the Frozen Four. Next night or the next morning, he's on a plane flying to Denver. He signs his NHL contract. The next day, he's in the lineup and scores a goal in his first NHL game. It's like playing in the College World Series and then, yeah, oh. Great point. Get a bounce out. Yeah, great or point. Or playing in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. get from Alabama. And then just go play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? It's, it's nuts. No, it really is. Uh, Cubs for a couple of minutes. I want to get into them. Uh, Quintana, look, he's been really good his last two starts. 11 strikeouts, The his previous start. How about you? Yeah, well, I'm setting the numbers right on the money. Am I not here? I set the strikeouts at six uh, at six and a half. You couldn't get the money out of your pockets oh. fast enough to bet the under. <laughs> I, I lost money at the Miller Casino yesterday. You did. Uh, as he struck out seven in the game. But you know what he did? He was uh, He was strike one. The first, yes. what, did, what did they say? Nine out of ten batters that he faced was strike one. I get it's the Marlins, but these are major league players. Yes. They're still major league players. They're not the best major league players. Maybe one day they will. Now look where some of these guys came from, right? Look, look, look at that outfield that's no longer. Um, right. They had some guys there. So you can be good in Miami. You're just going to probably be good when you wear another uniform or get good and then go somewhere else. That's usually the way it works out. You know, the thing that I really enjoyed watching Katana pitch last night, though, and we've seen these in the last two starts is that usage of the changeup, mm-hmm. where, and you see this with a lot of starting pitchers. You fall in love with fastball and then the sharp slide. Yeah. And it's fastball, slider, slider, just back and forth. And you forget about your other pitches. He has used that changeup a whole lot more. He's also incorporated a little bit of the sinker, not a ton, mm-hmm. but just a little bit more. You get ground balls out of that sinker, but the changeup has been really the big difference that I've seen here these last two starts. Yeah, you're 100% right, and, and and look at Trent. They're getting it, and I think the bullpen's better, too. I yeah, do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring that up with Cappy. I think the bullpen, I'm not saying they've turned the corner, but where they were to where they're at now, you, you have to feel, I think, a whole lot better about uh, with the way this bullpen's going. Jason Hayward has been a remarkable story. I mean, I, look, at he was one of these guys that you're thinking, look, they're going to have to eat that contract because they owe him a whole ton of money. Um, it doesn't make sense, you wouldn't think, to continue to pay him when he's not producing. But boy, oh boy, he is off to a terrific start. Conversely, Rizzo and Bryant, yeesh. <laughs> I mean, it's bad, Trent. So I, I posed this question to you yesterday. Is there something physically wrong with uh... either of the guys? It doesn't feel that way. Now, Chris Bryant's coming off a more significant injury. There are times that shoulder, sh- right. Big shoulder time. injuries can completely derail a hitter's career. Mm-hmm. You think of some guys that have early in their career had a lot of power, then it was completely sapped. And not just for a season, but sometimes for a couple of seasons. Is it time to maybe think about starting to reevaluate what Chris Bryant is for this season? That power could come mm, back. I don't want to. But he's more of a... 18 to 22 home run guy for this year 
as opposed to 30, 35 home runs for this year. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, I kind of equate it, and this is going to sound maybe ridiculous, but, you know, he was going to, and he's still going to make a lot of money, but yes. is he going to make the money that we thought he was going to make two years ago? I mean, when, once he gets to that point, he's still got some time to go. But, you know, Boris was going to come in and he was going to ask for the moon, right? He was going to ask for half a maybe, billion. Yeah, trout money, Harper money. He's but not there. He, that rarefied air of money. And, you know, I kind of equate it to, you know, the team that I follow because Line A was going to hurt the Jets cap. Mm-hmm. And he had an off season. It's time for him to get paid. And I'm thinking, boy, I really love when this kid scores goals. But if he isn't, maybe you get to keep more pieces around him. Um, Same conversation we had yesterday with the NFL and Russell Wilson yes, signing that contract. Yep, yeah, yeah. it's the reality of when you play in a salary right. cap league, the way that it's set. No, there's not a salary cap in baseball. No, but there's a luxury tax, and it is significant. Yes. If you go over that threshold multiple times, it is a huge, huge mm-hmm. penalty that you have to go through there. And the other piece, and, and we talk about this with the Cubs this year, is right up against it. And when we were talking the first week of the season when the bullpen looked just absolutely awful, we'll just go sign Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Well, you also have you have that part of it. Mm-hmm. When you go over the tax, well, then you have to choose. Is it Bryant or is it Rizzo? What are you going to do going forward? Is it Wilson Contreras? Is it, who is it? Or is Javi Baez? How much right. money? Boy, is he, is, he, is he fun to watch play baseball or yes, what? Yes, he is. I mean, he got thrown out at second base last night, but okay. <laughs> He's just so fun to watch run the bases. So aggressive and so gifted in the field. He really is. I, I said it last year. Nobody heard us, sadly, but it was really good. Um, you know, to, to me, Robbie Alomar is is the slickest fielding, and I'm a Blue Jays fan, yeah. right? You've seen a lot of Blue Jays. I, right. But I've seen a lot of Robbie Alomar play. He's a Hall of Famer. He was so good as with his glove. I see Javi Baez in that same vein. The That's best tagger something. of all time. He he is. I mean, he's I've never seen a guy like that. No, no. Never. It's not hyperbolic. It's no. The truth is, is he gets that he applies the tag as fast as anybody who's ever done it. I think swipe tags. Yes. Off balance. Mm-hmm. Maybe doing things he shouldn't at times, but he's just. An entertaining baseball player. We need more of those. Yeah, more do. of those kind of guys. No Wasn't very entertaining it. last night between our teams, though. CJ Crone getting thrown out at home. Trans- to I, end uh, the game with one out. I came within. I started to text you, and I said, "You know what? I don't want to be that guy." So the only inning I saw of the Blue Jays and the Twins is I got to it with the the Blue Jays top of the ninth with one out, and um, then they bring the Jays bring in their closer Giles, and instantly. Gives up, I mean, just a bomb, right? Yes. Marwin Gonzalez, he hit that ball. Trent, you don't, I'm guessing you watch more uh, Twins games than I do, but you're hard pressed to find a ball that went any further at target field than that one. Not many. And uh, I think Marwin had been maybe holding on to that because he hasn't hit worth crap. This right, that year. was his first home run. I, yeah. I think he's had five hits going into the game right. last night. He'd been. Brutal. Mm-hmm. You know how excited I was for Marlon Gonzalez. And I was too. I thought yeah. you guys had something here. But to, to your point, though, the end of the game, um, you know, the tying run thrown out at home. Mm-hmm. That was. And then, of course, you want to celebrate. Not me, but you, the, yeah. the team wants to celebrate. Kind of in the Cubs game, too. They had to not sweat out a call, but there was a challenge at first base at the end of the game. Kind of takes a little something out of it, right? It Where does. You You're think waiting. the game is over and you want to jump in your teammates or pat them on the back or get the handshake lineup going. But hold on a second. We've got a challenge, and we saw that in both the end of the Cubs game last night and the end of the Blue Jays-Twins game. C.J. Crowe, not exactly the fastest guy I Thankfully, saw. Thankfully, he's a Blue Jays fan. A lot of conversation 
Well, I mean, you can't. You're telling me that Jose Barrios isn't faster than CJ Crone. I'm sure he is. Yeah. You want Jose Barrios, your hopefully ace pitcher, right? You want him running the bases no. in April? No. Come on. No. Tagged out at the plate. No. With one. Take the L. It's fine. Did you? Were you okay with sending him? Because I was. I thought yeah. that was the right thing. It, to was, do. it was two perfect throws. Yeah. It was, that's what it took. Two what it perfect took. throws. Mm-hmm. Tip your ball cap. You, you live to play another Absolutely. Game. Speaking of spurf, perfect throws, uh, Descalzo was thrown out at uh, at third base last night. Um, I never heard of the guy. I think he just got called up the center fielder for the Marlins. I mean, who knows anybody on the Marlins, right? Uh, we know Starlin Castro. It was a host. Oh, my God. Uh, Galloway? Is that it? I think it's Galloway. It I'm pretty sure his name is Galloway. Yeah. I mean, perfect it's throw. A- Rocket. It really was. Uh, David Kaplan is coming up. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Look forward to catching Ross Peterson, catching up with Petey. He's going to join us about 1045. We're Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hugs. Arizona, I want to listen if somebody... Wants- Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our weekly conversation with David Kaplan. He joins us from the Windy City. Cappy, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Great, as always. Great to be with you guys. I appreciate you coming on, Cap. Boy, speaking of great, uh, maybe great's a little over the top for Quintana, but boy, has he been very good. His last two starts, 11 strikeouts the start before, seven last night, throwing strike one, keeping these hitters off uh, out of balance. And yeah, I, look, I get it's the Marlins, but you have to be encouraged by Quintana's last couple of starts. Yeah, outstanding, because after a quality start, as a Cub only, after a quality start, ZRA, the next start was north of five. So <laughs> here you stuck back-to-back ones together. And, again, I get it. It is the Marlins. Still a major league team. Yep. And they, it's not like they're winless. They have beaten teams before. So uh, every team in baseball, maybe with the exception of the Orioles last year, is going to win at least 60 games. And then everyone's going to lose 60. It's what you do in the other 40 that determines what type of team you are. So they're going to beat people. So, yeah, for me it's highly encouraging. He really looks good. He does, and a big part of maybe the change that we've seen out of Jose Quintana is going both to the changeup and the sinker more. Concerted effort out of the pitching staff, is this something that they've been working on, or is just a new blueprint that decided to put out there for Jose Quintana? Going more with that off-speed stuff. Uh, you know, he's been able to mix three pitches. First of all, the key to him is fastball command. Fastball command is the key to him being successful. And then you watch, it's got life on it. He's never going to blow you away at 98, but he's got real good getty up on it. He's been able to get it to rise a little bit. Then he throws a curveball that has been flatter the last couple of years, almost since he came to the Cubs, exception of his first start when he beat the Orioles 8 nothing. It had that sweep to it. Now it's really good, hard, downward tilt on it. And then you sit on that, and he ends up throwing a changeup on you. So that, for me, is the key. Uh, Cap uh, Elmore on Monday night, that catch was unbelievable, but I thought last night's was better. That uh, that line drive coming right at him where he had to dive, the ball gets by him, it's going to the going right to the wall in center field, who knows what happens. I thought last night's catch was more impressive. Uh, last night's catch was great. That one the other day, though, with the wall coming up, Got to have in his vision, Hayward's right near him. That one for me was better. Yesterday was great, and if it gets by him, it's all of a sudden a 2-2 game because in that ballpark, 
That ball rolls to the wall, and it is an inside-the-park home run. Instead, he made the catch, and Cubs go on and win in a shutout. Night before, uh, you Darvish was good at times, struggled at others. Still, you look at the uh, end of the box score, very solid and encouraging signs out of you, Darvish. But one of my favorite things is what he said after the game when asked about his inconsistency. Darvish has said, I'm you, Darvish. I walk guys. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the guy that you paid, what, $130 million to? That's got to be a little concerning, right? Um, I thought he was pretty good the other night. He was. Yeah, not great, but better. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's throwing 99 on pitch 96, mm-hmm. where the hell has that been? Yeah, and really. I can tell you, I spoke to two guys who are in that travel party with the team, and they both said to me yesterday, we looked up and went, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Where's that ever been? We haven't seen 99 from this guy. They like him sitting comfortably, 93, 94. If he needs to reach back and have a little extra giddy-up to blow someone away in a key situation, great. They were blown away. They were stunned, as we were. And he said, we asked and made sure the radar gun was accurate. And they said, oh, yeah, 100% accurate. He said, him hitting 99, pitch 96, tells you, how much talent this guy has. No doubt. Uh, David Kaplan joining us, brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cap, uh, the big bats in the middle of the lineup. Bryant uh, off to a slow start. Rizzo, he's hit some balls out of the ballpark, but the average is below 170 as we'll begin play here tonight. How big of a concern or more of a concern in Bryant than Rizzo? Where are you on those two? Uh, I'm not concerned on either guy. Same people I talked to about Darvish. I said, is he healthy? Talking about Bryant, of course. And they both said, 100%. Shoulders, fine. He's, they've asked him multiple times, Chris, are you healthy? Yes. So if that's indeed true and that he is healthy, I think he's going to be fine. I do. Uh, Rizzo, look, he's ahead of where he was a year ago when he hit 149 at the end of April. <laughs> he's got. He's seen the ball well. He is getting on base in terms of taking his walk. He's just got to get going a little bit more offensively. You know, a disappointing story that we see uh, come out yesterday, and that was about a uh, former Cub and now down here working on his craft with the iCubs, and that is Carl Edwards. It's uh, racist messages sent to him on Instagram. Boy, it's incredible to me, Cap, that we still have these conversations here in 2019. Yeah, look, it's sad. It's awful. And whoever the idiot is who did it, I hope they get caught. And I hope they get prosecuted if they're able to do that. But, you know, I, I remember sitting in Dusty Baker's office, and it was 9 o'clock in the morning, and we were talking about wine. And just talking about anything that had nothing to do with baseball. I'll never forget it. We're talking about great places to go eat in Chicago. And I happened to say to him, do you like it here? And he said, yeah, it comes with its challenges, but yes, I do. He said, I think, you know, that I was destined to be here, and hopefully I'm the guy that ends this World Series nonsense. We know that it came close, but it didn't happen. I said, i got to think everyone's supportive. He goes, everyone? No. Mm-hmm. And he pointed to a stack on his desk of letters. And, I mean, it was a good four inches thick. He goes, pick one. I go, what is it? He goes, pick one. I just reached in and pulled one out. And it was the most vile, ridiculous letter I had ever read referencing his cancer and his skin color. He goes, dude, that's just life, man. He goes, that's an idiot. That doesn't speak for a fan base. That's just life. That's what it is. But you know it's there. So it goes on everywhere. There's a lot of 
sick people in the world. Uh, David Kaplan is our guest. Cap, White Sox in a minute suddenly have won four out of their last five, including the last three. We'll get to them. I've got to ask you about the bullpen, Cap, and it was clearly a concern last uh, week or so, clearly, seemingly better. Um, do you agree with this bullpen that maybe that had a very slow start, that maybe they're starting to find themselves? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, <laughs> they went 17 and two-thirds of scoreless baseball, and then they followed that up with over the weekend walking, you know, half of Chicago. So, no, I'm not there yet. Uh, they need their starting pitching to pitch deep into games, and they, you're not going to be perfect in the pen. You cannot walk, guys. I know it'll happen occasionally. Steve Fischak had a bad outing, but he's still a stud. Mm-hmm. But you cannot keep putting guys on. You Darvish the other night, nine base runners in five and two-thirds. Again, better, not great, better, not great. So it's got to continue to get better because when you have to hand the ball in the sixth inning, you can't go to C-Sheck right to stroke every time. Mm. You're going to have to have guys that don't nibble at the corner. Last one on the Cubs for me, Cap, and uh, I kind of poo-pooed the signing. In fact, we talked about it back in February or January, whenever Descalzo signed, and I said, you know, Cap, why did they... This seems like uh, an, un- an unneeded part. You know, he's, he's okay, he's a journeyman, but he's never going to wow you. At least that was my take back, uh, you know, during football season, whenever it was. But, man, he's been terrific. I was dead wrong about this guy. You said tap the brakes when we talked about the signing. Uh, he's been terrific. Yeah, I'm a big fan because he's one of the, you know, he reminds me of Mark DeRosa. Mm, I think that's he's what you not, said, actually. Have, yeah. It's not going to be a power hitter. He'll hit a few when he gets the head of the bat out and turns a fastball out of the ballpark. But, you know, you look at a guy like Javi. Javi Baez has just sick talent. I mean, that's generational talent. David uh, Daniel Descalso is just. He's a grinder. Hey, you need me to play third for a day because so-and-so needs a day out? I'm in. Need me to play second? I'm in. You want me to lead off and just try and see pitches? I'm in. Oh, you need me to run over and play first base for the eighth inning because Rizzo got hit. He's coming out? I'm in. Hmm. And he's a leader in there. They love him in there. So, yeah, for me, this was a no-brainer signing. Over to the south side in the Chicago Juan Macadas. Is that what we're going (laughs) to rename him? Boy, this kid's incredible. Yeah, Johan Mankata is doing an amazing, amazing yep. job. Amazing, amazing job. So it's good to see he's playing better. Jimenez, Luis Robert is killing it in the minors. He's eventually going to get here. Dylan Cease eventually going to get here. I just don't think they have enough starting pitching to hang in the race this year. But it's still good to see that they are, at least in my opinion, on the right track. Hmm. Cap, last thing for you for me. Uh, go back to Monday. What was your show like? Uh, the t- Masters has gone to Tiger Woods. I'm guessing was a pretty big talker in Chicago. Uh, just a remarkable, remarkable uh, comeback, really. Not only in his career, but in life and to where he was at and watching him with his son, Charlie. That was pretty good theater, Cappy. Yeah, it was amazing, amazing theater. And it was a lot of fun for me. I put I took a, uh, a wager on Tiger, and I'm sitting there watching it with my wife and my son. And it wasn't like life changing money; it was just fun. But to watch him win in the way that he did against these young guns, and you had Molinari have his struggles on two different holes, and then you had Kepka coming at him and just couldn't quite run him down, and Tiger coming up with that shot on 16. I just thought it was great theater. 
Finally, Cap, we'll get you out on this. Loyola Chicago keeps mm-hmm. their head coach, Porter Moser, announces yesterday after a flirtation with St. John's. He'll be sh- staying in Chicago. The importance for Loyola, and, and now going forward, after uh, two years ago, the run to the Final Four, what this program can be going forward. Hey, look, they're going to open up here so- shortly a $20 million practice facility. Wow. They've got an amazingly beautiful campus on Lake Michigan. But there's a lot of great things that Loyola can do. Going to ever going uh, to be a team where you look at them and go, yeah, there's one of the top 20 programs in the country. No, never going to happen. It's just, I love the Valley. You guys know I do. Yep. I call games in the Valley. But they're, it's a one-bid league unless your record is so insane that you can get find a way to get in there uh, with a 26-27 win. We saw Illinois State get left home with that type of a run. So it, there's no guarantee you're getting in. He has to be comfortable with that. But as he said to me on the phone on Tuesday, he's like, I was taught a long time ago, don't run from happy, especially if it's just for money. Don't run from happy. And I've always subscribed to that philosophy. It's not about the last dollar. Because if it was, he's gone for told me it was eighteen million guaranteed. Eighteen million guaranteed and he's making nine seventy five. Again, I'll never make nine seventy five in my life. I, I hope you guys do, but I'm not sure you will. <laughs> right. Most people listening aren't gonna make nine seventy five. But there's a big difference between making nine seventy five and someone guaranteeing you eighteen million dollars. He's happy, God bless him. Absolutely. Cap, great stuff. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. See you, boys. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago, making it possible. There's our friends at Centurion Stone. Their website is Centurion Stone of Iowa. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone offers a variety of style patterns and colors for every need. As the look and feel of natural stone is available in over 200 colors and pattern combinations. Check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa, or head down to their showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa. So, you are... Well, we got Ross Peterson before I get out of here. Are you trying to push me out the door? Well, all right. One more segment in you, so we'll get you out uh, after we talk to Ross and talk a little fishing. Yeah. I got something I'm going to throw by Ross, You too. said that yesterday, and I'm trying yeah. to figure out what the heck that is. Oh, I'll pay attention like hopefully our audience will. I got something in my back pocket. You know, Ross is a proud Eastsider. Yes, he is. East High alum. And uh, high school. Does a lot of work with the East High golf tournament. He does. High school baseball season's right around the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. we're gonna get some help <laughs> i, I want to go out to i love calling games i know you do and i, I you want love calling games period yes i do i do I absolutely love it there's summertime hot press box calling mm-hmm. a baseball game it is absolutely great but we've got the scarlets on the schedule we'll see if we can get ross out nice. there nice yeah we'll hold his feet to the fire i look forward to that ross peterson gonna join the program of course ross you hear him every afternoon with the fanatics part of the show chris williams the other half they're coming up at four murph and andy today at two uh fullerdental.net dr stephen fuller makes it possible uh portions of this program possible fuller dentistry fullerdental.net on the web east 29th street in des moines and of course uh, on 8th street in altoona fullerdental.net 
that. All the forms are there. You want to get there in advance. If you're new to the area, fill them out in advance. New to the area, or it's time for a new dentist, or it's been a while, uh, check out my dentist, Dr. Stephen Fuller. Back with Ross Peterson. He's next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 in Hawaii. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Thanks to David Kaplan again, Centurion Stone of Iowa, make it possible uh, to speak with the cap man we do each and every week here on Miller and Condon. Well, one of our colleagues, Trent, is back in studio with us. Good to see Ross Peterson. We listen to him in the afternoon, part of the Fanatics. Uh, gets underway at 4 o'clock. How are you, Ross Peterson? I'm doing really well, Ken. Thanks for having me back in, man. Well, uh, early in January, when we got the bug to talk a little fishing, it seemed like you guys were playing the Ballard spot a lot. And yeah. uh, it got my attention and got my Canadian juices flowing. Uh-huh. and. Now's the time of year where the lakes are starting to melt. We're still a few weeks up there from the from the ice being off the lake. You realize that, right? I, I talk to those guys frequently up there just to kind yep. of see where they are. I'm amazed when we have those 60-degree days, and then you call up there, and they say, there's uh, three feet of snow yes. on top of 19 inches of ice. Yeah. And they, they had to get horses out there this year to try to pull because really? the rain came in on top of the snow, so it got all slushy and muddy out there. So they had to bring in horses to pull ice shacks off the lake and off the river. Isn't that something? It's insane. I just, Ken, I'm so glad that you, from the minute I started going up here to these trips, this is close to home for you. And so you and I get to kind of talk about this. I love that we both get glossy-eyed and just Mm. go, oh, it's such a beautiful place. It's the greatest trip I've ever been a part of. And I don't say that because I'm selling it. I say that because, like, all year long, from the minute I get back from that trip, I'm thinking about it. Isn't I spend six months remembering and six months anticipating. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. No, it really is. Our uh, May long weekend is bef- the week before Memorial Day. It's Victoria Day. And the snow and the, well, the snow is gone, but the ice is, the lakes are always open by then and they've maybe been open for a week. Lakes are packed. People are in the water swimming. Lots. It's crazy when I think back of what we used to do. But that's what we used to do. We didn't know any better. Legitimately 45, 50 degree yes, water. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't stay in it long, but man, you were getting in it because yeah, right. you, you put yourself through that uh, just miserable winter. Um, Trent, you're, we will get you in here as well. But, yes, uh, yes. This is Trent, not exactly a, my line of expertise. Not an outdoorsman? Do you fish at all? Or No. You yeah. know, my dad was big into that. And maybe it was because he almost forced me to go and i'd rather watch a ball game i'd rather play catch i'd rather throw the football around so that was always me growing up like we got to go camping (laughs) i don't have a a tv and i'm gonna miss the game so (laughs) i don't like that and then we're gonna go fishing again Mm -hmm. the only time that i really enjoyed it is when you get the transistor radio out yep and then we flip on the twins game from wcco and and that was for me the best part of it is being able to listen to a ball game i got uh, fish on the line. Fred, I, I will tell stars. you, I did my my greatest day of fishing ever was a day when CC threw a all, near perfect game against Minnesota. Sorry, yeah. but we were on the boat listening to the game. Had a great day of fishing, beautiful sun, and I did get to hear baseball mm-hmm. that day. And I remember that one day as being a, a banner day. They kind of connect, don't they? They do, yeah. yeah. I, I do like the change. I like the unplugging and that week of being able to just, when you say wilderness, you are seeing land that a human being probably hasn't walked on in 10,000 years. You, it, it's just amazing how isolated you are from the rest of the world. So do you have, is cell coverage non-existent we where have, you guys are? There is on the island. The right. island's like full amenities. I mean, right. you've got every, every once you get out of the water, water, water. Once you get out of the water, you're fishing. Right. Right. For about eight hours a day. Yeah. Perfect. And then you go to another one of these islands, you pull up on some rocks and the guides 
kill your fish and mm, cook them for you lunch. 20 <laughs> minutes after you had them yeah. in the water. It's just uh, it an amazing different, experience. It tastes different, doesn't it? It absolutely does. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And then I, I just learned a new technique. I'm going to freak out some of your listeners about killing your fish instantly. Uh, and that way, so your fish doesn't flop around because when the fish flops around, the, it, it releases the same things like when we run around and the lactic acid builds up in, mm-hmm. our, in our bones after we sit. When the fish is in the cooler flopping around. You guys don't use a stringer? It's building, oh, no, no, no. Cause really? this, no, you put them right on the ice, throw them in a bucket ah. in a cooler full of ice and try to kind of flash freeze them in a way. Okay. We put, we put uh, right through his gill and right back into the water yeah. with him. Yeah. That's a common thing to do. Yeah. In Iowa, you do that a lot. But, okay. Oh, it's so much fun. Can I just love that? I do I too, Ross. So we used to, um, I used to fly and fish probably five times a year. We'd, we'd uh, drive to, uh, wherever the plane was, a pontoon plane Sunday night. And, and you know what? Well, maybe. You, when you guys are when you're up in there in September. See June, literally June, the sun goes down at maybe eleven o'clock, and by four o'clock in the morning, it's back up again. Yeah. So we used to fly in in June was spectacular for that. We would land and watch the plane leave, and the plane would pick us up on Wednesday, and we were we're there by ourselves. Yeah, I this, mean, if something happened, we're screwed. This isn't that isolated. You know, we've had uh, you're on an island that has not only full time guides and like wait staff and things like that with mm-hmm. you, so you're not quite in that fly away right uh, isolation. But it's not nearly as expensive as that. So this bill is around fourteen hundred. When you include your travel up there and tip and everything, it's right around two thousand dollars for the week. And uh, everybody that is gone comes back and says, that was amazing. It money was well spent. Money well spent because yeah. the experience and the memories are something I'll So what forget. time do you guys head out to uh, – are you up at the crack of dawn or do you guys get up, have breakfast, and then go out? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Get up, they cook your breakfast. and it's The food's like the part I can never sell enough because I'm not a foodie. So I took Bruno with me last year, who is a foodie, mm-hmm. and he was amazed at everything that we eat is, is fantastic. So, yeah, you wake up, you get breakfast, and then uh, you're out on the lake – Sometimes you take a sack lunch with you, maybe one or two days, but other than that, you're doing the shore lunch. And you're hoping you're not eating the sack lunch because if you do and you had a bad day in the yeah. water. Yeah, well, you plan beforehand because if you're doing the shore lunch, you're going to catch fish. Like Absolutely. It's not even a it, – it's, it's barely fishing. It's catching. <laughs> do they have a, a, a state-of-the-art fish finder or is it old school? I'd, I'd call it old school more than, more than state of the yeah. art. I mean, you've got the electronics, you know, and you have depth finders right. and, but it's all about finding the structure in Live the water. Live bait? Yep. Well, no, no, frozen minnows frozen is what minnows. they use. Frozen okay. shiners. Back troll? You go down, you, you land on top of the structure and you vertically jig. Okay. And then now that we've been up there five, six years, I'm, basically like my own guide you know the holes i know the holes so i get all the guys into my boat i grab my buddies we get out there we find where we want to catch the fish and it's just amazing then you come back and the camaraderie on the island Mm -hmm. you sit around the fire and you see a billion stars at night we saw the northern lights two years ago and it's just it's awesome in the truest form of the word yeah Yeah. so how many spots are left how many people what's your group kind of looking like overall for for people looking to get involved I'm and want to make their way I'm glad you said up. that Trent I think right now we have about 6 spots that are left for this so if you want to and It's going to cost about 2 grand. Yeah, right. And, and if you do this with your buddy, I can't say it enough. You this will be something you will remember the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. This experience is incredible. Uh you can go to blackisland.com and there's like a trips tab. You can see my name under that or you can call blackisland.com blackisland.com and you okay. see pictures of the island there, and I tell them all the time, like these, these pictures don't even do justice for what is on the website because this place is absolutely beautiful, one of the most majestic things I've ever done in my life, if not the most. So you can go to blackisland.com, trips, 
You'll see my name, Ross Peterson. That'll give you all the details. Or you can call Gary. I see you right there, hey, Ross that, Peterson. Huh? Big time in here, yes, Kenny Miller. Two one eight six three four nineteen ninety six. And uh, right, it says on there that the sign up deadline is May first. I think they are pushing that back to June, but I don't. I wouldn't wait if this is something you're interested in. And I have guys all the time tell me, like, "Man, I'm going to go fishing with you." Now's the time. It's, it's you know great. what? Or get off the pot. Right. Seventeenth of September through the twenty third. That's it, man. It's, and the great thing is, I miss a bye week this week. Nice. Last two and years, you get Cyhawk too. Right. Right. Yeah. Last two years, I had. I was up there for Wisconsin oh, and brutal. Penn State the oh, year before. That leaves a mark. Yeah, that's that a, leaves a mark. So, so, you, so you'll miss one. So you'll miss the sound off when you when the team for the is bye off. week. Yeah, precious. <laughs> that nailed nailed it this year. Yes. Nailed it this year. All right, I brought baseball up to you. Yeah. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. So today you're wearing your East High t-shirt. Yes, I am, baby. When's the East High golf tournament? Uh, coming up uh, May 10th. Uh, wait, 11, well, I better check that. 10th and 11th? Is that a Friday, Saturday? Uh, Top of my head, I'm thinking May 10th, 11th. Let me uh, check this real quick so I don't yeah. misspeak. Yep, 10th, 11th. 10th, 11th. Well, in uh, this is July. July 10th. It's a Wednesday. On the high school baseball calendar, I have the East Scarlets hosting the Jaguars from Ankeny Centennial. I would hope that you're going to come by. Maybe we could do the doubleheader, do game one. 100%. Game oh one, my you gosh. can do play-by-play. I'll do color. We'll flip-flop in game Dude, two. Dude, I'm not kidding you. Game, I got goosebumps right now. Absolutely. I would love to do that with you, Trent. Thank you so much for oh, asking yes. me to do that. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm finalizing the schedule now. Okay. I've had the, the preliminary out there. I had East, but it was a road game. I said, you know what? We got to get over to I love that stadium. Yeah. It's goofy. Right field is the bleachers to the football field. It is, and it it's a short porch. And if you hit it to left center, it's a long porch. Yeah, I love calling games there. You know, three four years ago, Zeke Ziegler, who just got uh, traded yeah, to the Malik, Twins yeah. organization, he uh, was so much fun to watch. That whole group of kids, Enoch, yeah, they had Colby Carmichael, the yes. year, yeah, they were fantastic. Great group of kids, yeah. and they got another big group coming in that we I called last year their little league. Uh, World Series run. Oh, for Mediacom, right? Yes, I remember yeah. that. Uh, the, hmm. the championships there. I love making that area. I love high school baseball in general. So I thought of that and I said, I got to finalize this. And I put your feet to the fire. Dude, I, 100%. Anytime you need somebody to help you out with high school baseball, you let me know. Okay, I'll, I'll move the family situation yes. around so I can come and do that with you. Every songer is going to said he, he can help out nice. a little bit yeah. too. Every's and he's going to help in. you out to the next couple of days, yes, right? Yes, he'll be in Thursday and Friday for you. and. Excited for it. High school baseball. Well, tell him not to be too good. Well, right. Huh? Hey, listen, Emery's good. We're lucky to have oh, yes. him, man, and he's Am I anxious be Wally to be. Wally Pip here? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just say, keep you a foot in the door, just okay? Stay out in Vegas, Ken. <laughs> remember that ship we were talking about? Yeah, I do remember that well. <laughs> uh, blackisland.com, blackisland.com for more information. Click on trips. Uh, then you'll see Ross Peterson's name. Click on it. Tuesday, September 17th through Monday, the 23rd of September. $1,400 a person plus travel. Two grand. You're there and back and have the time of your life. Petey, thanks for doing thanks. this. Ken, I'd so much appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Can I, Trent, thanks for the offer, man. I'm Absolutely. looking forward to that. I will be listening on July the 10th. July the 10th, the That's nice hot Wednesday night uh, high school baseball. Right around the corner, Indeed. less than a month away. Coming up. All right, speaking up around the corner, my plane is Trent. You carry the ship from here on in. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, Trent's got the 11 o'clock hour next. Emery Songer and Trent the next couple of days. Uh, thank you, Ross Peterson. Thank you, David Capley. 11 o'clock hours next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.